laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. I do feel like you kind of have to come to a, I think, especially if you're telling it to other people, like, I mean, I don't mind telling it to my husband or, or, you know, some people in my family or friends or whatever. But I think, I think if you want to tell it on stage, I feel like you kind of have to have a little bit of peace in yourself with it. If you, if you come off as too hurt, you get, um, the worst reaction in my opinion is the sympathy. Mm. If you get too much sympathy, then it's, People aren't laughing, <laughs> and um, and there have been times when it was new, especially when it was a brand new joke. It was I, I got that reaction sometimes, and it was like, oh, this is this is a little bit hard to take. Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and if you found value in any of the episodes or if you've laughed even once, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. Now, these conversations we have with all these awesome comedians typically last about two hours. So there's so much footage we have to cut from every single episode and we hate that we have to cut it and we don't want it to disappear into the ether, which is why we edit it together into exclusive clips. Some episodes, they're 15 minutes, a half hour of extra footage. Other episodes, it's a little bit shorter. Either way, if you enjoy listening to You Can't Laugh at That, join our Patreon for exclusive access. And thanks for listening to our podcast and supporting comedy, because no matter how weird times get, remember that you can laugh at that. So now that we got our anti-Semitism out of the way, welcome to You Can't Laugh at That. The podcast where we talk topics that aren't funny and we find out why they are funny in our never-ending quest to prove that everything can be funny. Joining us today, of course, us being Steve and myself. First of all, Steve, hello. Hello. Steve is brought to you by Yingling, uh, America's oldest brewery. And uh, actually, I saw an article where Yingling was like, um, like the number one craft brewery in America. And I'm like, what are we considering to be craft? <laughs> like, Jeez. who chose that? And then it was paid for by Yingling. Uh, joining us on the podcast today is the very funny Genevieve Rice, based out of Phoenix, Arizona, originally from Oklahoma. Uh, she is not a bunch of raccoons in a trench coat. I have read your bio. I did my research. <laughs> Don't worry. And we'll get back to the raccoons later because you bring that up in your bit. Uh, Genevieve has also been nominated for Best Phoenician to Follow on Twitter, not around Phoenix, uh, by the Phoenix New Times. She's produced a ton of live comedy shows, including one in your living room? Yes. Uh, well, multiple. I have done quite a few in my house. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Zoom shows, which <laughs> also in my house. <laughs> so. Got the perfect backdrop. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so you've, you've got the house shows, you've produced those, you find you're the founder of the bird city comedy festival. And, uh, do you, so you have the, thank you for being a podcast podcast. Is that um, still uh, happening? Our, our last episode was 2019. Okay. Uh, we, we're kind of, we're hoping to bring it back, but sometime we've kind of had plans to bring it back for, uh, for a few episodes here and there, but, uh, we haven't. So, <laughs> <laughs> So how many episodes are out there? People are fans of the Golden Girls and want to hear uh, fresh takes on their favorite characters. We did uh, we did episode by episode. So we did uh, we did over 150 episodes, I think. Damn, uh, okay. so we did we did uh, season by season. Then we did a couple like special one offs. And we did uh, we did one episode twice on accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you need to take a break. <laughs> We were, we did a live show one time where uh, we were, had to pull the episode up and then we realized about a minute in, we go, oh, this is the wrong episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> and we're like, it's too hard. So we're just going to keep watching it and then just talk about it again. Let's commit. That's committing to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do an episode about the episode where we talked about the same episode twice. <laughs> Let's recap that. It's a, a real inception of Golden Girls podcasting. <laughs> it, it was a fun episode to do. I'm, I'm glad we did it, but I, I, it was fun for us. I don't know if it was fun for anybody to listen to, but... <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've done this before. <laughs> Lots of people got to love that. I mean, that's that's a good show to do topic on. Yeah, oh, we, sure. uh, we found it was like kind of a cultural touchstone. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... It, it's kind of in like firmly golden girls was in that era where like almost everybody, like almost every kid was just watching all TV, like indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so we got a ton of people that were kids and had watched this or like coach or like evening shade. (laughs) So uh, that was, it was pretty fun. So the, uh, the, the bird city comedy festival, is that going to be coming back once, once things get back to uh, open? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. How long has that been a thing? Uh, We've, we've been going since 2016. Um, We were planned for uh, our, our fourth year was planned for uh, March uh, 2020 and that did not happen. (laughs) So uh, we are hoping for spring 2022. Yeah, that seems like a safe bet. I think so. I I don't know. It's though. I mean, it was it was weird. I mean, there was we basically canceled. I canceled it the day before the NBA canceled. Mm. Oh, you're a trendsetter. The NBA was like, oh, the Bird City Festival's done. Well, we gotta. We can't let them show us up. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I like to think we started it. So <laughs> trendsetter. We have on this episode the <laughs> the origin of the lockdown. Genevieve Rice. <laughs> it was weird. I I basically got told I was crazy. Like, and then like two days later, we were like, okay, <laughs> I get it now. Tom Hanks is sick. Uh, NBA is closed. All right. All right. Genevieve got bet uh, gaslit. You know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> And, um, and then there was, I mean, there was talk, it was like, okay, maybe we can do this in summer. We can do this in summer. And that was very, very, um, in a few days, it's like, no, this is not happening. This is Mm going to be a long-term thing. And then I was reading this article that was like, well, if we lock down now, maybe only 400,000 people will die. And I was like, oh, oh no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
all right, this, I, cause at that point I was like still trying to make it work and like, maybe I can get more hand sanitizer and maybe black yeah. towels and, and, uh, <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, let's talk a little bit about you first before we dive into the bit and the topic today. Uh, what, how long have you been doing comedy and what got you into it? What was the, the moment you were like, Oh, I can be, I can go on stage and be funny. Uh, well, uh, I, I started comedy in about 2007 in Oklahoma and, um, I, uh, there was scene in Oklahoma is really small. It was probably about 15 comics like total. <laughs> and, um, and honestly, I always loved standup comedy. Like I thought it was great, but, uh, I didn't realize like, oh, I guess, I guess to start it, you can just go to an open mic and start it. And, uh, one of my friends, uh, actually started an open mic and I was like, okay, sure. I guess I'll get up there and do five minutes, you know, and not even, and I, I figured I'd do it once. And then it actually went great, which is <laughs> always a, a blessing and a curse. And cause, um, and then I was like, okay, I guess I got to go up and <laughs> do this again. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I moved to Phoenix about a year and a half later and, and kind of got into this scene and, and, uh, started doing it more and more. And, um, yeah, I still, I haven't quit. So, um, you've moved to Phoenix to continue to like go to a bigger scene or was there, was there like work or another person involved in that? Oh, there was, yeah, there is, there is a, a, a love situation involved. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. yeah. The so. love for comedy. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you say blessing and a curse, uh, kind of elaborate on that because I mean, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, anybody who's done comedy uh, knows what, what you're yeah. talking about, but uh, I want to hear it from in your own words. What was that like for you? I think, uh, you know, you don't expect it to, if it goes really poorly, I think you, you either, or like, I got to conquer this, you know, or whatever. Or you got to be like, I, I can't do this. This is really hard. <laughs> this is, this is really hard. And um, it was, I did really well, you know, uh, for my first time. And, and then, but then I was like, oh, I got to come back with a new five minutes, like a week later, <laughs> like, and I'm going to kill with this too. And that's just, and then no, <laughs> my second time was definitely much worse. And then I, I actually, I did the, I did the great thing where I invited just about everybody I know to my second show. <laughs> oh, yes. So I had like, I had, I had like three people drive 45 minutes <laughs> to see me <laughs> do very amateurish <laughs> of comedy. And, um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, like it's good to get that lesson out of the way. And, um, you know, I kept trying it and, you know, at the two rooms we had in Oklahoma city <laughs> and, um, and then, and then I went to Phoenix, the big city that had 10 rooms. Yay. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, I mean that with that, that naturally gets you to elevate your game because if you see like comics that are better around you, like that, it's that natural human drive to, especially doing well the first time you want to be, you know, you want to replicate that. And now seeing all these other people doing it, it's like, you know, does that, does that motivate you to, to raise your game? 
I think so. Um, you know, and we had a lot of people that were, we had a lot of people in Oklahoma city that, um, that were really good and were writing lots of stuff. It was a small scene, but they were like writing constantly. And you're like, and because it was so small, it was like, you're seeing people so often that you really had to try new stuff pretty often. You couldn't mm-hmm. doing the same jokes. Um, I will say like moving to Phoenix, like, um, it was kind of nice because it is a new scene and they have not heard your stuff before and you can kind of come in and do really well with stuff you've tried before. Um, but then it's more people, you have to do pretty well to like actually get booked into other places. Cause especially, especially as a woman in comedy in like 2008, like you, you really have to kill to do well. Mm. Yeah. Or just be like, I, Hey, I, I'm single, <laughs> like, <laughs> which I wasn't at the time. So I was like, okay. <laughs> How has that, uh, that influenced the way that, that you write, you work, uh, and you perform? Um, do you, do you send like, I mean, in 2008, God, even like 13 years ago, it was a different time. And that's so weird to say, but like, how has that influenced the way that you present yourself? Um, I definitely like in 2008, like being a woman in comedy was definitely more of a novelty, which sounds insane. Um, (laughs) but I mean, I, you would, I had even quote unquote progressive like bookers say like, Oh, I haven't booked a woman in in months (laughs) or or like, and they would tell you that in the booking email, like, (laughs) <laughs> like that's not great. Like, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Or, um, or would like compare you to other women or, or, or like, like we're all the same, you know? Yeah. Like that's, all... that's messed up. <sighs> <laughs> do you, do you ever feel that there was a time where you were like trying to be somebody else or like try to trying to like fit a mold or have you been, pretty comfortable with who you are as a person on stage? I think, uh, it took me, it took me a while to get comfortable on stage. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a, a shy person, I, I think. And, um, I had to, there was kind of like a, I, I, I did kind of like a persona a little bit when I first started, which was, you know, kind of a melding of like my favorite comics, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also, I used to dress up a lot more on stage, um, which I, I still dress up. I still dress up quite a bit. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hoodie comic, um, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, but I definitely like, I don't wear like a evening dress to do um, <laughs> yeah. bar shows anymore. I'm wearing my gown. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a selection of furs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely had to get comfortable with, with my voice and what I like, like to talk about. And, um, and I kind of, I, there was, I did kind of do like a little bit of a persona and, and kind of to remove myself. And I, I felt like I did better when I was more myself on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty natural. I mean, when I, you know, when I first started going up, it was somewhere like I, I started, I was like, Oh, Mitch Hedberg. He's really funny. I can tell jokes like Mitch Hedberg and it did not work. 
And so I was like, okay, I'm not like Mitch Hedberg. Cool. And, uh, you know, just the more and more you do it, the more and more comfortable you get. But those things, are always, they have to influence you. Like, you, you can't just go into it like, I've never seen a stand-up comedy before. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh why does why do you in you in your uh, opinion why do you why does the world need stand-up comedy i mean there are a lot of uh weird things going on in this world that's the polite way i'll put it and i i, I feel like it really helps to um first of all acknowledge them and uh and and make fun of them i i and that's kind of the way i feel like comedy is kind of my way of tackling them I mean, that's kind of how I absorb the news, basically, is I take a subject, I look at jokes on the subject and, you know, and then I write my own jokes about it. And and uh, sometimes they work. So. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they make me laugh and that's it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's just being able to look at things from a different angle, you know, so quick. We're so quick to, to take things at their surface value. Just generally, yeah. it's easy. I don't want to say it's lazy, but a lot of people don't have time to really explore like what the topic is. And so to me, yeah. that that that's the importance of stand up. So I'm right with you on that. I, I feel like also, um, I mean, all these all these things can really seem like monoliths. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can really seem like, oh, there's not much we can do about it. But when you when you write jokes about it and you really like research it and and you know kind of learn more about it it makes it more accessible to you and it makes it a little bit less scary uh in some ways mm. so so yeah i am uh i'm doing the world a service by making things less scary mm-hmm. and that's a that's a good segue into today's topic uh which is having a miscarriage which is uh it's it's a very human it's a very natural experience and there's uh, there's uh, kind of a stigma behind it and uh, first of all, what made you pick that topic? Well, um, I unfortunately I, I've uh, I've had a lot of problems with infertility, and I um, I had a pregnancy loss and a couple of miscarriages as well, and I just wanted a way to address it. Like I just uh, I you know I I really when it happened, um, I really didn't know that much about how many people have miscarriages? Like, uh, I didn't know that, uh, at least 20% of, of women have had it, have had at least one. And, um, when I've kind of talked about it, uh, I, I had a few people message me, uh, not really out. No one was really out in the open. They were just messaging me and they're like, I've had four miscarriages. I've had, you know, like it took me five years of trying before I had my you know, my living child. And, um, and I was like, wow, okay, this, this really affects a lot of people and no one's really talking about it, but it really, there happens and there's not, um, it it can happen for so many reasons. It can really, I mean, they, they don't really know. Um, some just, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, um, and we really just need, I feel like a lot of people, when you talk about it, they just freeze up, you know, they, they just, um, and, um, it, it really should be more out in the open. Like it, it shouldn't be like a, 
a, a shameful topic because so many people have experienced this. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it's not just women, it's, you know, their partners and, you know, they've, they've also experienced a loss too. So it's not just the, the woman's problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, especially if you're, you know, you have that partnership dynamic, like mm-hmm. that's what, that's what, you know, if, if that happened to my girlfriend, like I, that's my, like, I need to be there. That's, yeah. that's huge. I think, I think it's so silly that, that people don't talk about it. Like, I get it. I understand why. Uh, do you think it has anything to do with the, the societal stigma of like having kids by a certain age and the, you know, the, the, the America, the family dynamic, do you think that plays a role in why oh, that's yeah. the case? Well, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like that, like it, because it is, it is more common if you are over a certain age to have a miscarriage. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, a, a lot of my mis- miscarriages happened after I was 35. And, um, and it is, I mean, there's also that there's also um, birth defects as well, uh, which uh, those are, those are very common um, and geriatric pregnancies, um, a fun term, <laughs> 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 my favorite, um, <laughs> but, um, but they, but they are very common and, you know, it's instead of like, putting a stigma on it or, or, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of society like blames women. Like they, there's not, um, we still are kind of in the dark ages about um, knowing about women's reproductive health. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still, (laughs) there's still a lot of things they don't really know and they don't really have as much research as they need, you know, um, to really know why these things are happening. And, so they just say, oh, well, you work too hard or, oh, you, you ate too much soft cheese or, you know, or whatever. There's just a, you know, sometimes these things just don't work out. Like, right. It's, it's that, that striving to appear perfect. And then when that's, when that's disrupted, people don't know what to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, um, I had, um, my, my first loss, I, um, I had announced, I had announced and I'd have like a pregnancy announcement and like, you know, and dressed up mm-hmm. in costumes and everything. And, and then I had, I had the loss about a month later mm-hmm. and that was fun to walk back. So, <laughs> Hey guys, I'm a comedian. Uh, <laughs> 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 so you, you talk about, uh, like the monolith, um, comedy being important because of all these things in the news, but that also applies to these experiences that, I mean, 20% of women have had this happen to them. So my mom did. Yeah. My mom did too. And my aunt. So, you know, this is, it's something it's very helpful to be able to laugh at it and uh, to, to be a comedian. Did you feel like an obligation to write something about it? And um, if you did, or either way, how soon did you determine it was time to start writing something about it? Um, you know, I, I think I came up with something. I didn't really set out to write like a miscarriage joke mm-hmm. um, or a miscarriage chunk. I, um, <laughs> I, I just kind Another of... Another fun term. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I just, um, you know, I was kind of digging around, you know, like uh, reading all the fun stuff you do on, you know, the internet about miscarriages and, and, um, and then I discovered that it was, uh, the medical term was uh, spontaneous abortion. And I was like, that, that makes it sound way more fun than it is. <laughs> like, so that and, was the spark. Yeah, that was the okay. spark. I kind of built it from there. And, um, and, um, and I, I think people have responded to it. Uh, I, I feel like that, you know, like they, they do kind of enjoy it. First of all, they do learn, they learn a medical term for miscarriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm smarter now. <laughs> And, um, and I don't know, it kind of helps you, uh, deal with it, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more, just someone, someone talking about it. Cause I, so much of it is, is just in hushed terms and, um, and it, it really kind of, and being open about it is helpful because I mean, I didn't quite know what to do when it, when I had, you know, my first loss, I was just like, I, who do I, I what kind of card do I send out for this? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but people, I mean, I had people like a year later were like, how's your baby? (laughs) Like about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, hand them a card. Like, uh, like they do. If you go to a restaurant, you have a bunch of allergies like here or like, (laughs) let's, here's everything you need to know. Let's, (laughs) Yeah, that, like I had like that Joker, <laughs> Joker. <card. laughs> um, okay, so let's let's talk about the clip. Let's uh, let's go into the clip. You went with a virtual clip, which is this. This will be your first for the show. Okay. So, but but that's the thing is over the last year, you know, that's been the platform for a lot of comics is, is doing it virtually. Mm-hmm. So was this a, a bit that was born before um, doing virtual? the the virtual gigs like have you done it on stage before yeah i've done okay. it on stage. yeah um, okay and then i i do it I've, i don't know like i do it occasionally it's not it's not right for every show but. right yeah <laughs> right read the room but okay so let's uh let's pull up the clip and then uh, we'll talk about it i i have a toddler um thank you <laughs> <laughs> one person toddlers <laughs> all right okay. um yeah i i mean I, I gave birth i gave birth to a toddler i didn't uh i don't just like have a toddler i'm not the mandalorian um <laughs> but uh when i was pregnant people asked me if i wanted a boy or a girl and um honestly i had no preference as long as it was a happy healthy um raccoon um daughter um or maybe a pizza like how badass would it be if i delivered a pizza with my body be like oh you made your pizza with a wood-fired oven i made mine through fucking (laughs) this pizza has my eyes my beautiful pepperoni eyes. <laughs> but uh, I, I had kind of a, a rough go of it. I, um, I had a couple of miscarriages, um, you know, natural joke material, obviously. Um, 
And um, I found out that the medical term uh, for a miscarriage is um, spontaneous abortion, uh, which I make, think makes it sound kind of fun. <clears throat> like, uh, I played hooky from work, uh, went and got some ice cream cones and uh, killed a baby with my body. <laughs> oh, if you don't like that joke, uh, try having a miscarriage. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual clips. It's such a, it's such an interesting dynamic. First of all, um, doing that. Do you feel a difference in? Because like, at one point, you can feel the te- like you can feel the tension virtually, and then you release it. Like, what is your experience with that virtual versus uh, versus like a live show? Well, I've been very lucky. Um, I have um, I have a couple of Zoom shows and we have an audience. We actually have an in-studio, like, well, in on Zoom. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We have people in the room and I feel like it's important to hear that laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been a good experience. I've done a couple of Zoom shows where they don't have that and they're like, I said some words. Uh, maybe they liked it. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, that does that does help. Uh, I feel like there is uh, more uh, attention paid to like broadcast standards. You know, like you really have to you you do you you can kind of do more with your voice. You know, there's more with your energy you can do. You really have to pay attention to that a lot more than than you do for an in-person show. Not that those aren't important, but I mean, I feel like they become crucial in a Zoom mm-hmm. show. So. Um, Are you talking like little things like like raising an eyebrow, like facial expressions, the little the little ticks that you don't notice from the back of a bar show or, or a, a club? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Cause you want to, you want it to sound like you're, you're talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. You want it, you know, like you're you, like, you really want it to be, have a little bit more gravitas. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I've had, um, I've had, I've had pretty good experiences with it. So. Yeah. I've only done a, done a few zoom shows. I've done like speaking, like I've, I've done virtual speaking gigs and most of the time, like everybody's muted. So I just, I do a little pause and I'm like, I, I think there should be laughter here. It felt good the way I said it. I, I can't see most of you. I can't hear most of you. I'm just going to assume you're laughing. One, two, three. Next line. Okay. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it, like it, it does help. I mean, it's, it's definitely like, um, you know, you, you may not have a lot of audience members, but you can still connect with people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also nice to be doing it. Like, I mean, I'm in my, I'm in my house. Like my family is like 10 feet away from me. Yeah. So. Yeah, like this doesn't go well. I can just, I don't know, go in, say hi to them, and <laughs> watch. Them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have to do like the, I don't know, the sad drive after you bomb in person. <laughs> right. I bombed in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm home. I'm safe. Yeah, I could just go get a drink that I already paid for. So it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't need a drink ticket for this. Yeah, built right. in. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. So let's talk about the bit itself. So you open with uh, talking about how you gave birth to a toddler, 
Mm-hmm. Or you have a toddler. Uh, you, you said you have a toddler. And then you, you play with the semantics of that. I love like I love plays on, Eng- on the English language. And you do that a couple times throughout this. So we'll get to those uh, in a minute. I feel is is language like a thing that you come back to frequently as you're writing jokes? I think so. Um, I, I, I definitely, you know, um, I, I think I'm more of a writer than a performer sometimes. So yeah, I, I definitely like, um, that is something I always think of. And I, I try to, um, it's usually the first type of joke that really occurs to me. Mm-hmm. Steve, actually, on our because the, the show we went to last night was an hour, hour and a half away. We were talking a, a little bit about like language. Like Steve, you you play with words all the time, and and it's very funny, and it's very punchy, and it's very fast. Um, so, like, what is your what is your like reasoning? Do you have like what what is it about the the English language that's so like fun to play with to you? Oh, I don't know. That's a weird question. I don't yeah, know how to answer it is. that. Um, <laughs> Because it is, it's a tool. It's a toy that you can play with on stage. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. I mean. A lot of uh, for things and, yeah. I mean, especially right now, uh, my, my daughter is almost two and she is starting to talk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you really, when she learns a new word, it's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm in that like micro level of language right now where it's like, oh, she said trash. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. <laughs> so um, it, it, you know, it, it really is important in, in thinking about what people say and, and, um, and how it's perceived is, I, I mean, I think it's crucial to the joke. And it's also one of those things that, you know, I have a, I have a toddler. Like that's a totally different meaning than, you know, I produced a toddler. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though you're saying the same thing, it's such a tricky <laughs> use of words <laughs> and you're drawing attention to it because there are things that we say every day that are like that, that we just skip over. And, and yeah. you're like, no, let's talk about this for once, for one sentence. Well, part of that was, I, I said it one way that, that time I said, I have a toddler. I'm like, that is weird. <laughs> that is a weird way to say that. <laughs> like, yeah. But then it, it's also weird to say I've birthed a toddler. Mm-hmm. I like, I, like it, that is, that is very uh, evocative. I feel a little bit too far for like, I mean, the joke before that was about weight loss. So I gotta, <laughs> it I plays gotta, right into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you tie it into the the pop culture reference of the Mandalorian. Is that something that have you used um, other references for it, or like you know, as that you know down the road, as that uh, as that goes the way of history? Like, is that something that you can adapt adapt to? No, I'm stuck with the Mandalorian for the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you guys remember that, right? The Mandalorian. That was a sensation. Now there's a hundred Star Wars shows. The yeah. one that started it all. I I I, uh, I think I've watched about. I think I've watched an episode of Mandalorian. So <laughs> I think it was just like a a fresh. Uh, oh, I will find something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll use uh, the Golden Child. <laughs> <laughs> It's a connector. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, I have, like, oh, this is what I mean by I have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I don't mean. It is. I, I do use a lot of pop culture. I feel like it helps. And then, it, and then all of a sudden, there is that moment where it's like, oh, this, 
nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't remember Tiger King. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a joke that I'm super proud of that isn't as relevant today. And I'm trying to like rack my brain as to how to, how to translate it into 2021. I still talk about Duck Dynasty. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't care. I just go, it's yeah. canceled now. And then I go on with my joke. <laughs> yeah, cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a joke about uh, the Sandlot. <laughs> there you go. And I, I, I kind of have to scan the audience. and like, is this a Sandlot crowd? <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the term there is evergreen. <laughs> yeah, evergreen. Laughing. <laughs> you move on to the the gender preference part of it because you're like leading up. I, I feel like you put these here to lead up to the to the heavy hit at the end. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. So the gender preference thing, as long as it's as long as it's happy and healthy, don't care. Um, are you? Now this is maybe me reading too deep into a joke because that's like when I when somebody sends me a bit, I'll play it a few times and think like, oh, is this what she really meant? Uh, see, to me, it's it's a calling out of like gender preference of like preferring a boy or a girl and and like yeah. calling out the construct by by introducing a silliness to it. Is was that kind of the goal? Oh yeah. Um, first of all, it, it's just I, gender reveal parties are a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> they are and literally and killing people. <laughs> they really are at this point. They're a leading uh, cause of death. Um, but uh, they are, yeah, they're they're silly. And honestly, I was just like, you know, as long as it's happy and healthy, and and just kind of give some examples. And um, yeah, I mean, I get to pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which. Um, that would be great. That would, that would great. be great. <laughs> that would, I mean, how how exciting would that pizza be if you gave birth to it? Like, I mean, pizza's already exciting. It's already like getting a pizza is, is just fantastic. It's it's one yeah, of the you, 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 <laughs> you hit that it's, order button on DoorDash and then the anticipation is is that what it's like to be pregnant? <laughs> It's not delivery. It's little cesareans. <laughs> I love the, the double meaning when you say the delivery thing. I like that like double thing yeah. going on. That's funny. If I delivered a pizza with my body, I mean, technically, isn't that what a pizza delivery person is already doing? But just- <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ordered veggie. <laughs> like, you're not going to do that with a kid. Like, oh, I wanted a boy. <laughs> Unless you're in China, but that's a totally different topic for another episode. <laughs> or, or you're some people I know that <laughs> are like, oh, man. I, yeah, I, I, I knew somebody that was uh, like their significant other was like, yeah, if this isn't a boy, I'm, I'm out of here. What? Like, Mm. Okay. <laughs> what are you, China? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, no, you're in suburban America and it's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have to further my family name. <laughs> the crest must m- live on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I have a sword. <laughs> a sword. 
to inheritance. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. You can uh, you can give your baby uh, any any name they want. They can keep your name. They could. Hey, if they're a boy, they can throw your name in the river too. It's fine. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to name me Moses? Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the name changing process. You throw your old name in the river. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to me, that's so simple minded. Like, oh, I'll be disappointed if it's one thing or not the other. It's like, what? That's so, that's such a childish thing. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I have to have all boys. I'll, I'll net. Like, that's a kid. That's a real elementary way of looking at things. Well, part of it too, and I, I don't go into any of this joke, but I, I did IVF. Uh, to to have my daughter and part of IVF is you do genetic testing before you have the baby you you have they do the genetic testing on uh, five day old blastocysts <laughs> so you uh, honestly like you know the sex really early like you it's not a surprise and it's like they test for all these things and it's like sex and gender uh, are really like not that important. Like they're the least important thing you know about your child, even five days in. So yeah, it's not a deal breaker. That's like, it's like being at a comedy show and being like, if this next comic's a woman, I'm walking out. What? <laughs> no. I mean, that's a much more simple. Uh, oh, they're like, oh, getting a, a smoke break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Just you, you enjoy enjoy it for who it is as a human being. Like that's that's it. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, the the expectation and break the breaking of the expectation. I think um, you 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 do a good job of, of calling that out. And then you use like raccoon. All right, first first of all, what, what's what's the thing with raccoons? Because you in, in your bio, you know um, the. <laughs> I love them. I yeah. I I um. I'm basically just on next door just to find out where the raccoons are in my area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they're great. They're resourceful. They do well in the quality of, of, um, of neighborhoods and I champion them. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love how you called them resourceful. I love that. <laughs> You've humanized them, yeah. which is good because they have opposable thumbs, I think. <laughs> I was once in a, a really serious conversation with my family and uh and I just I saw a bunch of raccoons out of the corner of my eye. I went, raccoon <laughs> <laughs> We all actually raccoons, so <laughs> So if you could have one as a pet, not even a question. I don't know. I oh. I do draw the line at that. I, I want um I want a respectful friendship with a raccoon. Okay. That's, I don't I don't <laughs> I, I I don't I don't feel like uh, I, I have, I have two cats that I, I can't have any other um, species mixing with those cats. Um, most because of what they'll do. So, so I, I think, uh, I, I think I'm good for uh, some grapes, uh, maybe wave um, words of encouragement. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're, you're, you're the person in that video with the whole like, <laughs> Flock of raccoons outside the door, like feeding them. Yeah, <laughs> people. Have, I, I probably get because I've 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 built the brand where I like rac. I probably get sent like a raccoon video like once a week. <laughs> okay, you've seen all of them. The the cotton candy one. The oh, in the yeah. water. That's heartbreaking. 
Yeah, I've seen the guy in Canada where he who feeds seventy five raccoons. Yeah, I saw that one. What was he feeding them again? Oh, that was ridiculous. I think it was cat food, if I'm remembering the right one correctly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there is. I will admit, pate. I it does sound awesome, but I'm also like, oh, that is that guy's whole life now. Yeah. Like he he has to be home at a certain time to like to like greet the raccoons. Yeah, sorry guys, <laughs> gotta gotta run, gotta feed the kids. <laughs> it's a Catholic family. Yeah. <laughs> so is 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 that the reason that you use like raccoon use raccoon sea otter pizza just to elevate the silliness so that it when yeah. you do get to the serious stuff it, it doesn't feel as like whoa yeah oh yeah it's kind of a little bit of a misdirect there mm-hmm. yeah just uh, you, you hear raccoon you're like you know you get a little happy mm-hmm. <laughs> you haven't had a, an infestation in your attic but <laughs> right now that there's some trauma like yeah no the, the miscarriage bit was fine but why would you bring up raccoons <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there that's like a hundred percent. Throw down my fence, man. <laughs> How dare you? You'll never work in this town again. <laughs> and then he scurries <laughs> off into the garbage. Uh, I mean, that's part of it is that you never know who's what's going to like offend somebody about a joke. So, I mean, you might as well tell it like mm-hmm. if someone's, mm-hmm. uh, it is interesting <laughs> Someone, if someone is offended by raccoons, uh, get at me and let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to hear from you. We have so many questions. <laughs> They're misunderstood. <laughs> so you, uh, the, and then you, you get into the to the meat of the topic. Um, you talk about how you had a couple of miscarriages, and then you make the comment, you know, oh, this is natural joke material. I think that that does a good job of kind of like it's 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 a little like mini perspective shift. Um, so it's like, you're telling people that you're okay with it. Just that one, that, that quick little quip. Yeah. Oh, natural joke material. Like it's going to be okay. Uh, you kind of deliver that message before you get to the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is some couching definitely with this joke. I, it, it, it definitely is. You do kind of have to set it up. Uh, it needs some cushioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't just, the, this cannot be my opener. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, guys. Guess what? <laughs> Quarantine yeah. is over. I'm here at this brewery on these steps. I'm going to tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give the people what they want. This is definitely <laughs> what they want. So we, we kind of already talked about, you know, what you what struck you as funny. Um, did At first, did you resist laughing were you like no no that's not like i can't i can't find humor in in the uh the spontaneous abortion like the terminology for it or were you like oh oh that is that's funny oh no i'm i'm dead inside so okay yeah <laughs> no I, <laughs> if i can find something if i can find a, a way to make something funny at least for me um i will always go for it maybe um maybe not necessarily on stage every time, but, um, but like, I'm usually any, anything that anything bad that's happened to me in my life. I mean, I'm always trying to like, as soon as I can make jokes about it, I do. 
Like, I, I feel like it helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's an important distinction, I think, too, because you don't have to take something tragic that's happened to you and be like, now nah, I'm going to make other people laugh about it. Like, that can be your own thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it took me a while. I think I told this joke, I think, on stage probably around spring or summer of the next year. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it had been a while and there'd been some distance. Um, yeah, I think actually, no, I think I actually developed it for a dark show that I was on now that I'm remembering. I, and then, and then kind of grew from there. Mm. I think <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I, there might be some, if, if you, if you have evidence to the contrary out there, uh, yeah. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then tried it on regular stages and, and, you know, mostly, it mostly does well. I've, I've, you know, I've had a couple instances where people are like, that's a little too much baby death for me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Uh, it was a little bit too much for me too. So. Yeah. <laughs> and is that what influenced the last, the, the, the closing line of that bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically just kind of anticipating the reaction. Like, mm-hmm. you don't like it. I didn't like it either. <laughs> so. Yeah. Not a, not a good thing to happen. Um, no. No. The tragedy plus time equals comedy equation. Um, you know, I, I, it's so simplified because there are so many other factors that play into that perspective, intent. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much more to it than just event plus distance. Um, yeah. What, what, are, what are your takes on that, that equation? Um. I do feel like you kind of have to come to a, I think, especially if you're telling it to other people, like, I mean, I don't mind telling it to my husband or, or, you know, some people in my family or friends or whatever. But I think, I think if you want to tell it on stage, I feel like you kind of have to have a little bit of peace in yourself with it. If you, if you come off as too hurt, you get um, the worst reaction in my opinion is this sympathy. Mm. If you get too much sympathy, then it's, people aren't laughing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it, it's nice. It's, you know, it's like, but and um, and there've been times when it was new, especially when it was a brand new joke, it was, I, I got that reaction sometimes. And it was like, Oh, this is, this is a little bit hard to take, but. Mm. Well, what you do is you, you don't, make the joke about the thing itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a mistake that I see a lot of new comics do is they'll take a topic that's heavy and make it about the thing itself. Like, Oh, uh, let's, let's use a, a current example. Like, Oh, isn't it funny that that police officer at the Capitol got killed? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're trying to make light of something that's heavy, but you're doing it wrong. Like there are so many other I think so you, you focus on the language of it. Yeah. Um, and any way that, I mean, any joke that you have, and that's the joke, like that, no, it, it doesn't, even if it's, if it's dark, if it's light, you, you have not, you have not written the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can't just say premises and, yeah. <laughs> and expect, expect that to work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially, I mean, especially now I was so much, news happens 
Like, I mean, we, we have so much media around us that um, you have to, you have to kind of explain things more <laughs> that have happened in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can just tell the Sam look joke and people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. go with it. Like, all right, it's not my problem. You haven't watched the Sam lot in 25 years. <laughs> this movie is, is, is forever relevant. <laughs> the, but I think the way that you approach this bit makes it, makes it palatable for more people. You know, you open with the silliness, you, you um, call out, something totally different by again, making it silly, the, the gender um, preference construct. Um, and then you communicate to the audience that it's going to be okay by saying that, oh, this is natural joke material. So, okay. So that's like, okay, she's okay now. Like I don't have to feel bad for her. And then, uh, and then you do the power of threes, the, the three fun things. Like you play off of the, the language of spontaneous abortion. Like, Oh, that sounds kind of fun. Here are some fun things that I, like, have you tried other things beyond like the getting the ice cream and, and, um, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, for some reason, um, I, I also sometimes when I'm writing jokes is I have like pictures in my head and I okay. always picture like a beach vacation. I, I'm always <laughs> like, I'm on a, you know, like I'm, I'm getting some balloons, you know, like, you know, just maybe getting my, my portrait done <laughs> at a carnival, you know, I, I just always think about uh, something that sounds kind of like, oh, you're having a fun day. Like you're like you're 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 just like living in the moment, like shopping, having a good time. And I try to paint that picture. So anything that kind of goes along with that um, is has been tried. I, you know, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I also, if it helps, uh, I always picture, um, I have the, the ice cream. I have the two fisted ice cream. <laughs> like when I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a funny visual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, <laughs> yeah, I should probably have a visual. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I imagined you, like, I thought you were just almost going to say like, ta-da, <laughs> like <laughs> in that bit as I was listening to it for the first time. That's like the thing that went through my mind, like a magic show or something like spontaneous or like an improv show, like spontaneous abortion. That sounds like an improv game where you like, (laughs) where you have to learn how to say yes. And when somebody like torpedoes a game, like, so when somebody, there's somebody that their role is to say no, and you have to yes. And their no, like spontaneous abortion of the bit, like whatever. I don't know. (laughs) I need a birthday fact and <laughs> yeah, quick. <laughs> but again, the playing with the language, like spontaneous abortion, it does sound like it could be a fun thing. <laughs> and then, and then until you start really thinking about it and you can't let the audience think about it. And then you, you do the first two fun things and then you hit them with the, you know, Oh, like, it's it sounds like a free will in like Sandra Bullock movie. Like yeah. she she's got long hair. He's uh he's an uptight lawyer. Love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh and then the calling out of people who don't like the joke. I mean, that's you know, we kind of already touched on that, but you know, people are gonna have their their own perception of it, but it's not their place to tell you like how to experience your life. Yeah. That doesn't, and, that doesn't, uh, but that, I mean, people do that all the time. 
I mean, they do that all the time in motherhood, especially. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, one of my uh, good friends, uh, Jen Saunderson, she's very pregnant right now. And uh, she has taken to TikTok and she posted a TikTok uh, making fun of those um, pregnancy, like paternity photos. If, if you haven't seen them, mm. a lot of them are, uh, the woman is uh, scantily dressed or naked in a field. And it's, it's all like motherhood is natural and it's, it's all puppies and rainbows. And, and she's like, I don't, I don't feel that way. So I don't want to do these photos. And then she got attacked about it. Wow. Um, people thought, Oh, she's making fun of me. And I'm like, Oh, she's making fun of this society. Like, pressured to say oh pregnancy is always perfect it always goes really well and it's great and you don't feel tired <laughs> and you don't um i just want to have this baby yeah <laughs> and i want to be healthy i don't want to do any field stuff <laughs> like just i would like to leave the outdoors out of this <laughs> i'm on a mission damn it <laughs> like yeah uh, but she got people stitching her her video and 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 getting like really up in arms and it's like you kind of missed the point <laughs> that's what tiktok i hear so much about how tiktok is just full of people complaining about just everything it's like you almost can't avoid it yeah <sighs> and, i mean I, I it's it's everywhere it's, yeah. it's i mean and, 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 and you know a lot of it is with moms i mean there's so many ways to mess up <laughs> yeah 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 it, it really is very um I mean, there's just from like breastfeeding or bottle feeding or, you know, or like just have screen time is a big one that I hope goes away after the pandemic. So um, like, cause it's like, Oh, you know, you can't give your baby. And some of it is, is just cyclical. It's like, this won't even really be an issue. Like, five years from now, but mm -hmm. it's, it's like vaccines. Vaccines are a big one. Um, of course I, I am an anti-vaxxer, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, I was going to elaborate, please. <laughs> like, Let's explore. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Uh, thank God I didn't run into a lot of like anti-vax moms in the mom groups, but yeah, it's there. It's there yeah. There. Yeah. But, do you think uh, that do you think the pushback is is a result of like an insecurity of their choice to do those things or like oh, I'm not totally happy with how these pictures turned out and like do you oh yeah I I feel like I mean first of all I feel like those pitch I feel like any pitcher like any professional pitcher is is a lot of pressure mm -hmm. like it is they're not cheap <laughs> like <laughs> they're not cheap it's like it's like a time you know you have to do it at a certain time. You know, you have to get so many pictures, you know, you have to really have a good outfit choice, you know, and, and like, it's, it's, fr it's, fr and they're expensive. They're like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know how people get like six of them a year. That's, that's like a thousand bucks. That's yeah. yeah. So again, so I understand kind of why they, they feel attacked because if I'm not like, no matter what it is, if I'm not certain on my position, like if I haven't done the research on it, yeah. if I, if I like, if there's any question, 
I'm, I feel a little bit attacked when somebody has a different point of view because there's a gap in knowledge there, but oh. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lash out. I'm going to explore it a little bit more, but most people don't have that, that mentality where it's like, you know, I'm not certain in the decisions that I've made and you're doing these things that are making fun of those decisions. Well, stop, now David, I'm gonna, stop, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. <laughs> You're hurting my ego right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's so many, I mean, there's really like no right way to parent because, I mean, there's kids are different. Every kid is different. And like what what might be, what might not work for one kid would work for another. Um, and, you know, like they're you kind of have to, you constantly have to adjust. You have to, I mean, your priority overall is I want to keep this kid alive and healthy. And, um, and you just kind of, it's, you know, it's good to like, it's good to keep open. It's good to keep open and don't get too committed to some way that may or may not work. You, you kind of have to look at these things with, you know, soft eyes. Cause I mean, you're not there uh, to bring a wire reference into it, <laughs> but uh, um, you do kind of have to look at things like, okay, well I wouldn't do that, but I'm also not with that child 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know? So how dare you tell me how to <laughs> parent my child? How dare you tell me how to deal with my own personal traumas? How now I'm going to tell you how you should <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I've been, I've been pretty happy with like the mom groups though. I, I feel like mostly it's, I was afraid that it'd be a lot of that, like a lot of judgment. And it really has been mostly just women complaining about their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> That's standard though. <laughs> yeah. It's just most, uh, I think the, the most common comment is just leave him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much, how much, like, is he really that bad? If, if he's that bad, get rid of him. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Well, I think yeah. it's, do you think it's helpful to like surround yourself with, with like comics? Um, because for the most part, when I have a conversation with a comic about something, it's more of an exploration of the gray versus like, no, it's, it's an either or thing. Like you're either doing it right or wrong. And so that's why I think it's like such a breath of fresh air for me to talk, for, to talk to comics, to do this podcast. It's been so much fun because nobody's like, this is the right way to do whatever it is we're talking about. <laughs> there's so many different ways to look yeah. at it. I mean, just like with parroting, I mean, there's, there's many different approaches and it really depends on your sensibility and what works best for you mm-hmm. and, and, um, and how you will arrive at it. Like there's, um, <laughs> I mean, but there's also like, there's not a, a like a Dr. Spock for writing <laughs> uh, miscarriage jokes. Right. So, um, yeah, you, you kind of have to just find um, what works, you know, for your style and, and go from there. Because I mean, if you have, if you're a more um, caustic comedian uh, than I, then probably my style won't work. So mm-hmm. Have you uh, have you run into somebody who's who's told you that like you can't joke about that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you how do you engage that person? Um, I had I had a comic that I I actually I did really like. He's he's since left the business, um, but he told me I had a joke about murder, 
And he was like, I wouldn't joke about murder on stage. He says, I feel like it, especially since you're a woman, it, it seems too dark and it turns people off. And I was like, I think you just kind of, if it's somebody you really want to have like a, a conversation with, you can have a conversation, but sometimes you just kind of go, okay, <laughs> just yeah. do it. Or you, and in your head, you're like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're like, okay, so it didn't work for this. It didn't work for you. That's what you're telling me. It didn't work for you. It didn't work for it. Or you didn't think it worked for this crowd. Um, I mean, that's feedback, but I mean, I don't know. Uh I, I, I feel like you can, I, I feel like you, you know, there might be better ways to joke about it or you might try to find a way to relate it more. But, um, I like, I like dark jokes. Uh, I am a woman. So, uh, <laughs> I like when other thing. women uh, <laughs> tell dark jokes. So, uh, I don't, I don't really quite buy that. Dark humor is great. So some people just can't handle it and then that's their problem and then yeah. everybody else can enjoy it. Um, yeah. But it is kind of niche too, though, at the same time, I guess. I'm not niche, uh, just, you know, uh, it's not like all of, everybody likes dark comedy, but I, I, I hate it when people have an opinion about it. Like, you can't do that. I'm like, no, just, it's not for some people, it's, but I'm going to continue to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like anybody is telling you like you can't do something like they, they, I mean, especially it's, it's mostly like audience members that like haven't watched very much comedy and they have a, like, I mean, it's fair. I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't watch a lot of sports. <laughs> like, I, I probably like, I like this kind of football. I like the kind of football that ends really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you, you, you shouldn't tackle like that. I've never done this before, but, but, seems but I dangerous. got a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, sports are dumb. Go 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sports though. Yeah. So I get it. It's very appropriate for your background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're telling you they, they didn't like it and that's, that's fine. You can not like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, there are some comedians that I think are good that are just not for me. So. Right. It's, you know, it, it's tough for some people to see the punchlines that there was a little uh, quote from our Lord, Jeremy Demery. And uh, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, in a lot of cases you can lose people in the setup if it's not done right. So they miss the punchlines, um, but also to to come up to a comic afterwards and say you shouldn't do that. That's not a that's not a productive conversation. Like, okay, tell me more about that. Like, what should I do? Like, what what would work better in this situation? I'm I'm more than willing to listen to that conversation because. But if you're to tell me, oh, you shouldn't do this joke, it's like that doesn't give me anything. Like, there's you're missing the nuance by giving me a very a very. Um, direct approach like let's talk about a little bit more than yes or no oh yeah um i <laughs> i don't want to hear what they want <laughs> what they want me to do instead <laughs> but for the most part um if it's just because i i feel like that's kind of entitled i i you know like i mean to just go up somebody to somebody and be like i don't like your joke i don't i don't think you should joke about that I feel like that is, I feel like that is less about I'm trying to help you than, um, and more about 
I want to have my control over everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm like, okay. Well. Unsolicited <laughs> advice. Yeah. It's the worst when it's that out of tune with understanding that people can do whatever they want. And just cause you have an opinion, I don't know, at least be like, well, this is what I think. And this is why, and I have good reasoning, but it's like, even then it's like, well, all right, bye. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I will say the one thing I, I don't particularly like about dark jokes is sometimes they're an invitation to other dark jokes that aren't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people are like, oh, uh, you have this joke about your Jewish husband. Here's a whole bunch of anti-Semitic jokes that I have <laughs> that you can use. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to try to overlay your experience onto mine. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big, uh, it's oh, yeah. a big difference. Or There's people like, that have dead baby jokes and, and I'm like, mm, you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, My math teacher actually used to tell dead baby jokes in class in 11th grade. And it was the weirdest, most tone deaf thing. Even in 2003, that was weird. Was it like if one train of dead babies leaves Chicago at 1 p.m.? Oh, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They were like the microwave ones. Oh, no. Yeah, Yeah, it's not... It's such a big year for I know, right? Mr. Barilli. Like, Anyways. <laughs> oh, we're dropping names. It was like we, we went from there to uh Chuck Norris jokes. <laughs> Evolution. Yeah. You the line. All right, let's uh I, I want to play this this clip by Ali Wong. Um she's a uh I mean, she did two of her specials while pregnant. So you know, the, the idea of motherhood and, and Ali Wong um, are, are kind of synonymous with one another as far as comedy. Amy Schumer did one too, didn't she? Yeah. Was she pregnant when she did hers? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, I think Kira Saltanovich, I think, did one. Yeah, and, and I love it because it's like, it's something that you're, you're going through. Why are you going to like oh, yeah. quit? Like, why are you not going to do that? I love it. It's such an interesting dynamic and it's like, of course you have to, if you go through the, the whole set without mentioning it, okay. Like <laughs> it's the elephant in the room in, in this case. Like you have to at least draw attention to it with, with and sometimes uh, in those later months, literally. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you do while you were pregnant? Did you do uh, jokes about it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I did. Um, I did. I did stand up. Up until I think the eighth month, I was pregnant, and um, and it was you have to, <laughs> you have to address it. If you don't address it, it's it's real weird. Did I she mean, not know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just go up and do your regular like <laughs> drinking <laughs> jokes and <laughs> yeah. hey, I like to I like to microwave things and and uh, ride roller coasters and address <laughs> <laughs> the infinite in the room. <laughs> Uh, uncooked lunch meat. <laughs> so I was wasted the other night. <laughs> That's going to go well. There's going to be no follow-up questions there. All right. Ali Jeremy, Wong. Uh, Jeremy, clip. clip Jeremy, Jeremy. Ali Wong, Jeremy, a clip, clip on pregnancy. Clip, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm very grateful to be uh, pregnant and to be this far along, to be seven and a half months pregnant because last year I had a miscarriage 
which is very common. And a lot of women who are in their 20s flip out when they hear that. And they're like, oh my God, that's so dark and terrible. I can't believe that. I'm 33. Girl, when you're 33, you'll know plenty of women who have had a miscarriage. It's super common, and I wish more women would talk about it so they wouldn't feel so bad when they go through it. When I told my mom, she's from a third world country, and when I told her I had one, she was like, uh, yeah, where I'm from, that's like losing a pair of shoes. It's whatevs, okay? And everything happens for a reason. I found out at my six-week sonogram, which is very early, and the doctor says to me, oh my God, I see two sacks, which means you're having twins. And I was like, no! And then she said, but what I don't see is a heartbeat. And I was like, yes! The Lord is mysterious! <laughs> Don't feel bad, okay? They were the size of poppy seeds. I've picked boogers larger than the twins that I lost. <laughs> Most women won't let their husbands watch when they're going through a miscarriage. I sat my husband down in front of me while I sat on the toilet, and I was like, you look. <laughs> you watched the whole thing. And he felt so bad for me. And I used it as leverage and held that shit over his head for a month and got him to do whatever the fuck I wanted him to do for 30 days. He took me to see Beyonce. He bought me a bike off of Craigslist. That's my miscarriage bike, and I love it very much. For 30 days, I finally had the marriage I always wanted. That was great. Have you, have you heard that bit before? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> that's, that is funny. I, 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 um, <laughs> I almost got a Lexus for <laughs> my miscarriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? The guy was many laying around. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, um, I like, I like what she does there. I like how she kind of sets it up. Like there are a lot of bad things that can happen to you. <laughs> this was one of them. Um, and losing a pair of shoes is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And, and giving it the cultural, uh, the cultural, the, the, the perspective of a different culture too. the things yeah. that we hold in high regard or are offended by or uh, push into the, the closet and, you know, never to be seen like in other places, they're just openly talked about. Yeah. I mean, I think it also gives you the perspective of, um, you know, like, I mean, this is, this is a bad thing that you can't control mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's out of your control. And I mean, you can't um, like, it, it's, you're going to go nuts if you're like, what if I do this? What if I do that differently? You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's, it, you, you have to, you have to live your life. So yeah, what do you control? What do you not control? Be okay with the things that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and and stop, stop like misattributing the things that you don't control to your own choices. It's like, you can't, you can't do that. Um, and, and I read an article by her too, uh, where she's talking about how people will like offer their opinions. Like, oh, well, it's probably because you were on the road doing comedy still. And it's like, you don't know anything about this. Why are you? 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, my, my grandma said she was like, it's because you travel too much. And I was like, all right, Dr. Grandma. <laughs> that's, that's great for a, a woman who probably has been out of Oklahoma, like 10 times in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's, but it's also like, you know, I think, I think especially like older women were told that it was their fault and they were told, oh, it's because you did this and you did that. And that's a bummer. That's really awful. But um, it is, unfortunately, it is, it is very easy to lose a baby. Mm -hmm. It can happen to anybody. I mean, it happens to young women. It happens to older women, you know, like it's, um, I mean, uh, I also thought the element where she talked was talking about twins too. Um, and like, yeah, twins are, they're scary. <laughs> they're scary when you, cause that is a, that is a very, it's a higher risk pregnancy than people might think. So. Sure. I know uh, somebody just gave birth to triplets and it's like, wow, that's, ooh. I can't even <laughs> imagine having one, let alone three. Like, my, my fertility doctor was like, don't, you know, he says he has a lot of women that come in there at first that are like, oh, I, I'll have uh, twins and then I'll be done. I'll be, and he's like, you, it is, it is hard. And like, you can, it can, you can be faced with some really serious, like, I mean, decisions. Like, I mean, one could die in the womb. That happens kind of often, especially with uh, triplets or, or quadruplets. That's unfortunately very common. And then uh, almost every uh, multiple birth is early. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and th- these are just, you're just stating objective facts. Like, yeah. you know, these are, th- those are all setups to, yeah. to a punchline by a person who's ready to deliver that punchline, uh, you know. So to say that it can't be laughed at is, is so limiting. Um, and it, and it costs people the chance to feel empowered by someone else. I mean, that almost sounds like cheesy to be like, Oh, this comedian empowered me by, by telling this, but, but she like you and, and Allie both took power ownership over the situation that you were dealt and turned it into something that brings people a positive emotion. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> if you can make one person laugh at, at that, like that's, it, it goes so far, not only for you as an individual, but for them too, you know, I mean, they can, even if it, I'm a guy, I'm never going to have a miscarriage myself, but you know, there are things that are outside of my control too, that I can apply that to, you know, terrible things that have happened where it's like, Oh, I, maybe I shouldn't blame myself for this thing that I'd had no control over. Yeah. I mean, it is, um, I mean, and especially, you know, as a, as a female comic, you know, there aren't, there still aren't many, even with the, uh, the late, the schedules, the uh, specials as of late with Amy Schumer and Nali Wong and, and um, like, there's, that's just like a couple comics that have done specials. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's not, and of course, when I, you know, like when I was pregnant, people were like, oh, you're pulling an Amy Schumer. And it's like, gosh, that's been like, so a few people have done this. And now this is like hack now. Yeah. <laughs> like me being pregnant and on stage is hack. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like people really are pregnant. The floodgates to what is hack and what isn't. It's like, well, everybody does something a lot and doesn't make it hack. It's too broad, I think, to be hack, you know, especially considering you are pregnant and you are doing comedy. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you All right? Oh, you just got fired from your job and you're doing comedy about it? How hack? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's always from like uh, a comic that's one of 10 guys on a show doing jokes about weed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> I know about miscarriages and, and you should, <laughs> that's hack because Allie wants, like, get out of here. <laughs> But she she yeah. did a few different things with it too. I mean, she did the same thing that that you did. Like she made the conversation commonplace. Um, it just calling out the fact that it happens, um, normalizing the imperfections of the human body. That's what comedy is. Comedy is uh, our way of coping with the imperfections of everyday life, of yeah. of our flaws. I mean, that was something too. She pointed out like how small the babies are. Mm-hmm. I mean, at six weeks, like they're you're basically like the size of a of glitter. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Zygote or whatever, right? Yeah. Or maybe beyond that. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know for sure. But see, this is why men can't talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Zygotes. Hey, I, I've, I've had one in me and I'm like, what is a zygote again? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember um, that from biology class. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So if everything, uh, if everything in the world were... Not perfect, because then comedy wouldn't exist. Um, but but if this were a, a topic that were more widely accepted, what would it take to do that? Is this something like we should educate being okay with these flaws in school? Or is this something that uh, we should just have a more public forum? Like what 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 would go? Yeah, into I I feel like people people should be able to talk about it. They should be able to. I mean, it is it is a medical thing that is happening to you, so you should be able to talk about it like you would cancer or, or even, you know, like, I mean, it's, I mean, similarly, I mean, with like abortion, like you should be able to, it's, it's legal. You should be able to have one. I mean, it's, if you don't want to be pregnant for any reason, you shouldn't be pregnant. Right. So like, and that is in the same, I really feel like people need to, not have um, they need to have more conversations about it and say I and admit like I mean one of the most the things that kind of helped me was just hearing people that have had miscarriages and like that hadn't said it publicly and I had no idea I had no idea that all these people that I knew had miscarriages and what their experiences were and just um, just hearing that was. I mean, it was sad, but it was also comforting. It was like, oh, other people have been here before. And like, I feel like that should be something that should be talked about in, in reproductive health. Like we shouldn't be finding this out. Like, like she's like Ali Wong said, like pe- like women in their twenties being like, oh, that's, that's terrible. Like, I didn't know that many pe- women had that. Like that's, we should, we should all know this. We shouldn't think that it's such a rare thing. So. There's actually a, a psychological term for avoiding upsetting topics and delivering bad news. It, it's so common that there's a, there's a term for it. It's called the mum effect. Mm-hmm. Basically, 
Uh, this is from, uh, I'm, I'm listening to option B it's by uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She's uh, on the board of Facebook and, and like it, it centers around her, her husband dying unexpectedly. And, uh, and she says in the book that once the elephant in the room isn't acknowledged, it starts acting up and trampling over interactions and relationships. And so like we have this, if we know something uncomfortable happened to somebody we have a tendency to try to avoid talking about it when like they may really want to talk about it. And that's one of those things where it's like, you have to have the communication skills to figure out I'm guilty where of that. that person is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about it with everybody. Right. But. Like, Hey, hi, I'm <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Actually, technically that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I, I I think too it's like it's it kind of goes to uh, toxic positivity where it's like everything's got to be all great all the time, and if it's not, it's you know people don't know how to cope, and mm-hmm. that is really dangerous because uh, things aren't great all the time, <laughs> frequently aren't okay, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and people have to go on living. So it's if you don't if you don't find a way to address it and cope with it, then um, it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, so if you could give a comic who uh, has gone through this, uh, any tips as far as like writing a bit around it, what would you, what would you tell them? And then same question for somebody who isn't a comic who's trying to cope with it. Don't be, don't be afraid to bring up something difficult. I mean, especially, especially as a female comic, there, there aren't that many of us still. I mean, we're still only like 11%, I think, or something like 15% of comics working today. So um, your perspective on it is, is fresher than you might think. You hear that people, uh, women who are, are considering doing comedy, do it, get on stage, like, we need you. We need your perspective. We need to normalize a lot of the, the things that you're, you're going through. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. It's a learning experience for a lot of people who don't have that experience. That's what I love about comedy is I can connect with you like through your experience in a way, even though like I'm not going through it, I can still kind of, if, if it's done right, I can still feel some of the same emotions um, on, on a, on a smaller scale. I mean, even, you know, you know somebody that's gone through and you know a miscarriage it's very likely so i mean it's 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 um something that you you know you might go through it yourself you know like as as a partner so like it's mm-hmm. good to know what that's like and what it feels like and be able to talk about it so yeah shine a light on it it's it's there that's how we take power over it <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can't keep it in the dark. Awesome. Um, Steve, anything else you want to throw in? Uh, no, I don't have anything to add. All right. Very good. Uh, this episode was not brought to you by Yingling. But, <laughs> but if you are interested in, uh, in starting a podcast of your own or you want to improve the audio quality on your podcast, uh, the Samson Q2U mic is like 60 bucks and it it comes with a little stand and you sound like you're in the room. It's great. So uh, there's a link in the show notes. If you're interested in improving your sound quality. Uh, And now it's time for your plugs, Genevieve. 
Well, um, I, I have a couple shows. I, I run um, an open mic called the Little Bird Showcase on Thursdays um, at uh, eight Pacific time. And that is um, that is free to anybody that wants to perform or, or watch. And uh, I we welcome everyone. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun, um, a really good time, especially if you haven't done a lot of Zoom shows. It's a good one to check out, in my incredibly biased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've been doing um, a book show on Saturday called The Birdcage. Uh, those are on Saturdays, uh, also at 8 Pacific. And uh, those are just a uh, $5 donation. Um, we also stream it on Facebook and Twitch and uh, take donations for the comics. And those have been great. We've had people like um, Emmett Montgomery and Mary Mack. And um, and it's just been a blast. Um, and uh, you guys can follow me. Um, I'm at... Genevieve Rice on um, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And then Bird City Comedy uh, is the organization my shows are under. And um, you can uh, follow me pretty much anywhere. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you send us uh, the link to the, uh, the Birdcage and the Little Bird Showcase, we'll put it in the show notes too. So, oh, cool. so oh. they have an easier way to, to access those things uh, rather than having to like, hunt for them. Yeah, I do have a, I have a link tree. I'll, I'll send you that. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Perfect. That makes it easier for me too. Awesome. Uh, Genevieve, thank you so much for, for sharing your insights, your perspectives, mm -hmm. your sense of humor with us and proving that, uh, you know, no matter what, if you have control over what happens to you, if you don't have control over it, um, if it's stigmatized by society, there's always a way to make it more commonplace by laughing at it. <laughs> Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.